Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Matthias. I'm a psychotherapist and I specialize in working with trauma. Hi, I'm Joey. I'm an author and a poet. This is a podcast where we dive deep into complicated questions. And share our personal experiences. Yeah. And hopefully uh, we'll gain some insight. Or maybe just leave with more questions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the thing is we're two dudes who probably just need some more therapy. So what do you like to cook? Well, I'm Italian, so anything Italian. Wait, hold on. Okay, I know this is gonna, this is gonna come out. You're gonna make fun of me for saying this. I say pasta. No, you don't. I do. That's not true. I do. It is. You don't use you don't use your a in any other word like that. So this, that's a deliberate choice on your end, Joey. I need you to know that. Well, how do you say it? Do you say pasta? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're Canadian, so you could say pasta. I don't know. Yeah. Wait, wait that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. Pasta. <laughs> no, we say pasta. I'm just saying. I'm saying you don't. That's not your accent. You don't say ah like that in any other word. So I'm just saying, ah, you can tribute. make that deliberate choice, but just know you're not a victim. You, you've made a conscious decision. Attribute. Well, that's just how you say that word, attribute. I, I say <laughs> it that way too. <laughs> Sorry, I came at you pretty strong there. No, I didn't need to good. come at you. That's so good. Well. That's just how I say it. That's tell how me, my whole family Tell me about it. your pasta. Tell me about your pasta. Anything that you have in the fridge, you can turn it into a pasta. That's that's my argument. That's why it's the uh, what? Okay, pickles. You could pick. Okay, okay. We might have to take out the actual pickles, <laughs> but you could pickle something. You could do like a yeah, pickled onion. What a pickled? Oh, a pickled onion on a pasta. Hold on. No. Um. Uh. You could do. Um. What are those little capers? seeds that are great? Capers. I'm mm-hmm. glad you got there first. You could do capers. Capers are great in pasta pasta i'll call it pasta for this episode too just in solidarity it's gonna happen it's going pasta the italians say it like that except they say it with their accent we could title the episode something about pasta that'd be funny (laughs) we'll talk about that later um capers capers are great uh you could do um well i I don't know we don't have to start listing off have you ever seen the movie chef yes love that movie okay in the movie John Favreau, Scarlett Johansson. He makes her the dish that he calls Scarlett's pasta. All mm, it is, mm. olive oil, garlic, chili flakes, and then fresh parsley, lemon juice, and parm cheese. And that's it. Delish. Just like so I like cooking that is simple, but you you really like have that fine art. So you have to practice that. Like that mm-hmm. sounds like an easy dish to make, but it's the really, really amazing cooks that make it really, really well. And it takes yeah. time. So well, like let me cook? ask you this. I'll, I'll tell you this, but th- there's a deep question here that we should probably address right up front. Oh, no. Why do you take the time 
to go to all that effort to cook for yourself. Why do you see that as worth your effort and time? You worked a long day, you're exhausted, you got a bunch of dogs at your house, just like a mess of dogs. Like, why spend an hour and a half cooking? The dogs can't even eat the food. I was gonna say, like you have the kids, but the kids can eat the food. I didn't, I didn't connect it in my head until just till it's there. Um, I go there, I think it's my own therapy. I think it's mm-hmm. it's my time to relax. I think I like it because I'm also like somewhat okay at it, but not great at it where like I I don't want to learn anymore. Like I still want to learn every single day. And I think it's just so amazing that it's a skill that not everyone has, but we all need. And as a way to stay yeah. healthy, like in in my head it just checks all the boxes of something that's amazing to learn. And mm-hmm. it's just I think also, uh, what is it? What is it? The the five types of love, or that you like to give love. What is that? Oh, called? the love languages. The love, love languages. languages. Mine is yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine is like acts of service, and I feel like that yeah. is an act of service. And so, mm. if, even if I'm even if I'm just fuming, and my my par- my partner and I we've like just not had a good day. We're just button heads the whole day. I'll still cook every meal for her because that's just my separation. Yeah, that's sweet. I love that. Um, for those who don't know, the the love languages are acts of service, words of affirmation, gift giving, um, quality time, and physical touch. Typically, people have one of those that they enjoy receiving more than another. And then sometimes people give one of those pretty naturally without really having to think about it more than another. We mm-hmm. all are all of them, by the way. All of Whoa. us need all of it. But acts of service is good. What are you? What, what's woe? I was woeing. Um, I, I was woeing because okay. like how we all need all of them. Because I feel like that's very yeah. marketed as you're one and that's it. Mm-mm. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, what are you? Yeah, and then uh, we typically don't give the one that we like receiving. That, that's a misconception. I think people are like, oh, if, if someone's always given words of affirmation, they really want words of affirmation. And that can be the case, but that's... I Doing a lot of couples therapy, you know, as a therapist, I... I don't find that that's necessarily a one-to-one. Hmm. Anyway, what am I? I yeah. I think physical touch. Um, Receiving or giving? I'd say both. I'd say physical okay. touch for me, both. Yeah. And then quality time. Quality time is really important. And that's not just, I think when a lot of dudes say physical touch, they just mean like they just want to get down. And that, and it, like, at least that's what I could sometimes interpret that to be. It's like, oh, I like physical touch. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that guy. Just, yeah, sure you do. You know, <laughs> yeah, that guy just wants some. But I mean, yeah. I feel that way with everybody. Like, I feel like I connect better to people, uh, you know, if male friends, female friends, like when there's just a gesture of appropriate, of course, physical touch that's incorporated. I just feel like, I, I keep my distance most of the time because as a therapist, it's not appropriate for me to like initiate touch with my clients. You know, mm-hmm. so if a client wants to come up and give me a hug or something, I'll, I'll be open to that. But I'm never like going up to a client trying to give them a big bear hug or if they're crying, going over and wrapping, you know, them up in a big hug or something. Yeah. Uh, but for clients where they've expressed that that's something they feel comfortable with, like it's very it's very natural. And I feel like even just the energy I give as a therapist is really warm and comforting. Um at least that's what they've told me, and I I, I feel a stronger connection. Oh, I feel that way through a freaking camera. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's a warmth when it's genuine, and, in, and like I said, appropriate. There's no weirdness. There's no weirdness behind it or anything. It's just mm-hmm. a, I just care about you, and I'm with you. And I think in our culture, 
physical touch is a weird one. We're so worried about it being um, invasive, unconsensual, uh, awkward, cringy. Like I think just, and I think that has more to do with in our culture, we're just not comfortable in our own bodies. We're not comfortable with how they look. We're not comfortable with all sorts of stuff when it comes to our bodies. But embodied, warm, genuine, nurturing touch, especially from, um, you know, people that that we don't have a romantic connection to, I think is so nurturing, just like, not nurturing, uh, so uh, what's the right word? Nutritious emotionally. Yeah, I kind of like that metaphor. I find there's always a time when I'm with a friend that I don't normally touch or hug or high five or really anything. But if there's a, like they're feeling vulnerable in that moment, I always feel the need to just, I don't know, pat them on the shoulder. Yeah. Just something. Just yeah. be like, okay, I got to send this energy to you and it's not coming just sitting here. So I feel like I, I just got to make sure that you're okay. And that's my way of doing it. Yeah. I don't know if it works. Cooking, cooking, I actually think is a form of physical touch. Let me, let me play this idea out for a sec. Bring it in. Let's see. It's an embodied sensory form of love. Right. Okay. So when I'm giving you a meal that I made, you ingest it, right? You're tasting it. You're, it's not just like a nice item that's useful. It's not just a time in your presence. It's like you're engaging my five senses, um, in a gesture of love. Yeah. So in a similar way, it's, it's kind of a physical touch affection. That's my guess. I don't know. Is that clicking? Is that too I guess it kind of just like it's, it's all five then. Yeah. 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 So when you cook for someone, I feel that way. If someone cooks, like really spends a lot of time cooking a meal for me and I really feel like they, they there's a lot of intention behind it, it, it feels super meaningful to me. Yeah. 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 Oh, it just made my day even better. Sure. Yeah. I got all five just because I like the cook. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same with culture. Same with culture. I think you get a really sensory experience of someone's culture when you eat their food. And I feel like you get to know people better when you eat their culture's food and not the Americanized version of it or like, or, and when I say Americanized, maybe just the, the watered, like white version of it. Um, like the salt and pepper seasoning. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like when you really go and someone cooks it the way that their mom made it, like for you, like the genuine pasta, that's like anything out of the fridge, not just red spaghetti sauce, cheddar cheese on top, like the real deal. There's, there's a vulnerability in it, I guess. Maybe I'm just way overthinking this. But. No, no. I think that's I think that's exactly it. Like growing up, I like to cook the way that I do is whatever is in the fridge is what we're having. And you can make it taste amazing. Because when I was growing up, it wasn't, okay, we're going to go out and eat and we're going to try all these new things. It was like my mom did her, you know, Costco haul and that was our food for the week. And mm-hmm. we made it work. Yeah. And so yeah. I think I think something about that is like I I I guess I like being the mother and nurturing <coughs> in a sense. Yeah, you get in touch with that part of yourself, that maternal energy which yeah. every dude has. Yeah. What do you like on? Now we're getting now we're getting out there. Um okay. I I kind of get in these obsessive so I have ADHD. You have ADHD, yeah? Oh Great. yeah. Then you'll you'll understand this. So I get in these like obsessive, single-minded, tunnel-visioned, like I gotta master this one thing. Um and so my wife just 
it drives her nuts because I'll like only cook cheeseburgers for like two months um, because I want to master the perfect cheeseburger. Or I did the same thing with Thai food. Like I wanted to make the perfect Thai curry and tried a bunch of different things. Got really into Indian food, same thing. Um, Chinese food. Uh, Just like I'll get into these dishes or these genres of of cuisines, right? Mm -hmm. And just go berserk. And then by the time I'm done, my wife is like, I don't want to touch another, I don't know, (laughs) uh, mustard seed Indian curry shrimp again. Um, I'm done. And sounds then I'm pretty like, good. Right, well, fine. I'll take some. That sounds really yeah, good. It's, it's, it's fantastic. So that's usually how I do it. So my latest, what's been my latest one? Have you ever made a brisket? Oh yeah. I got, I'm, I'm, I'm great at it because I obsessed over it and I made so many bad ones. That's <laughs> an expensive one to get good at Yeah. because you got to waste, you got to waste a lot of meat. Did you, did you buy the whole... I don't know what it's called, the Traeger. Like, did you do it outside mm-hmm. barbecue-wise? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have the Traeger Ironwood grill that hooks up Wi-Fi. Not Wi-Fi. They call it Wi-Fi. And oh. you can control the grill from your phone. It is a complete, like, splurge on something completely unnecessary, and I love it. Not an ad, but it should be. That was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Not sponsored. Yeah. So it's... Although it should be sponsored, I would totally take an ad spot from Traeger. We should reach out. We should reach out. Anyway. I, I, I know so many, well, I don't know anyone. I watch a lot of like content cooking people, con- cooking content creators, content, whatever. Mm-hmm. The chefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on, on YouTube. And I, they all have Traegers. They all. They also have those, those yeah. unis, mm-hmm. uh, the pizza ovens there. I have one of those too. I have one. You should start a channel. Yeah. You'd fit right in. Yeah, man, I would. But dude, the the like the hustle of cooking content, like I just respect the guys and gals who do that because it's so much work. Like you have to buy ingredients. You have to like so many different camera angles, lighting stuff, dishes. Like it's just a you and I talk in front of a camera and we share our thoughts. Yeah, that is not a hard production. Like it maybe it's hard to come up with thoughts, but like that is not difficult. The, hardest, then, like, the hardest part of our thing is coming up with the hook so people will listen. I feel like yeah. to, or or to or to translate it from our thoughts into words so that people understand. That's the difficult part. But yeah. but going back to our first episode, I feel like um the chefs on TikTok and, and YouTube, they need that they need that button or whatever, the shock that is are you stressed? Are you happy? Because I swear when they're cooking, they're probably so stressed. And then when they sit down yeah. and eat, they're, they're trying it for the first time. They're Maybe, maybe they're happy with how, the outcome and everything. But then they look at their yeah. kitchen and it's just a mess. They have tripods, yeah. cameras, lights, mics. Ugh. Yeah, I don't oh envy that. Yeah, they, uh, they, they're, really, they're really the true heroes. Do you I think mean, you enjoy it apps. because... It has nothing to do with work at all. Yeah, I do. I actually have like a deep philosophical reason, which I think most people just roll their eyes at. No, 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 no. Let's hear it. So there's this quote from a guy named C.S. Lewis. And he made a quote that um, he was talking about housewives and and the job of being a mother. And he said, the role of being a mother is the job for which all other jobs exist. Right. And what he meant by that was like the reason that anybody's going to work is so that those kids can experience a great life. Right. 
And, you know, from his, from his point of view, the optimal was like, so that a mom can stay home and just be with kids. And like the job is out there, we're working in the coal mine or whatever, so that that kid can have food on the table, that kid can have a roof over their head, that kid can yada, yada. So his point there was like, oh yeah, all other jobs in the world exist only for one purpose. And it's so that moms can do their job. And, you know, he was writing in the 1930s and 40s and 50s and, and all that. So I, I take a, like a spin off that idea and I'm like, I think cooking and I think eating a meal with the people you love is one of those things that like everything else is for. Mm-hmm. Like the reason I'm helping you heal trauma in my therapy office is so you can just enjoy a warm meal with your family and feel at peace and just let in the moment. That's one of the reasons we're here, you know? Yeah. And, and and that might be, again, me pushing it to kind of an overly dramatic place, but I, I resonate with it. It's like the reason we're here is so that eventually at the end of the day, you and I are sharing a meal and yeah. I'm another part of that that maybe in, in, informs that is I'm like super passionate about my faith. So I'm a Christian. Jesus was someone who was always having a meal. There's, there's a few books that have come out. I was like, Jesus was either going to a meal, he was coming from a meal, or he was having a meal in every one of his sermons he was having. Like the dude was just obsessed with sharing food with people. And then the whole like big sacrament of the Christian religion, the big like ritual everyone does is communion, which is having a meal. And then he picked good food. He's like bread and wine, which is like mm. the best. He's like, yeah. we're not, <laughs> It's as far as the ritual, this whole religion's built around, let's have some great bread <laughs> and some great wine. And, and in that you'll remember me. So when you want to think about God, Think about great bread and great wine. Great bread so there's and like, great wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's it's so spiritual in that way. I, it's it's emotional. It's spiritual. Um, so I think that to skip past that that step of preparing great food. Now you can order good food. I'm not saying you have to spend an hour and a half on it. Like there's skillful things you can do quickly. But to just think of it is like just fuel you're putting in your body. I think is so unhuman. I think it's something like. It's like you're treating yourself like a machine. And I've never met anyone with great mental health that treats food just like fuel and they don't see some sort of delight in food. And so much of our trauma that we hold in our body, um, especially I think when we're talking about body image stuff, is trauma around food and what to do with food. How does Because food has a way to soothe, has a way to make us feel full, has a way to make us feel at home. I think people have trauma and express their trauma through the restriction or binging or uh, disorganized way of handling food. All right, that's me making it way deeper. No, I like that. Day, but that's not. No, no, I, I like that. I don't think it's dramatic at, at all. Like I think. Okay, I'll stop apologizing. No, well, that yeah. actually, that, that's me apologizing for apologizing. Okay, I'll just, I'll just own it. I think food's a huge friggin' deal. Yeah, well, let's go there. A hundred percent. Here's the thing with me: I rather cook than eat. Mm. I'm with you. Something about it. Like, even, okay, yeah, you're trying the meal throughout the cooking process. So I guess you're kind of eating it to see how things are tasting and whatnot. But that is more fulfilling or fulfilling to me than sitting mm. down and eating it for, I don't know, the five to 10 minutes. We eat so quick nowadays, too, that the moment's yeah. just gone. So I feel like yeah. that. I don't know. It could be an Italians get that hours. right. Yeah. Italians get that right. They spend a lot of time eating. Oh my God. There's so many courses. Mm. Do you like dessert? 
Do I like dessert? I do. I like specific desserts. Hmm. I hate dessert. Why? I just ate an amazing meal. And then people are like, oh, I made room for dessert. It's like, I didn't. I just, I just, <laughs> I just ate all of this. It's like, that's going to make me feel so full and so gross. Like in my head, I always want to feel comfortable after I eat. And so when I'm, uh-huh. when I'm at a restaurant, I don't look at what is going to taste good. I look at what's going to make me feel good. And that's how I choose what I'm going to eat. And dessert wow. is never on my menu that's going to make me feel good. So hate's a strong word. Like I'm okay with like a lemon gelato. That's like a palate cleanser or like the occasional mint chocolate chip. I know I'm that guy, but like that's it. That's it. Hmm. Wow. See, one of my favorite desserts is something. um, I don't even know. It's one of those things. Like, I don't even know if it's actually Italian or if it's just Americans that made this dessert and call it Italian. Tiramisu. Is tiramisu an actual Italian dish? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. Just checking. Because, like, for example, fortune cookies, like, are absolutely not Chinese. Like, fortune cookies are totally an American thing. What? Yeah. Yeah. Sweet and sour chicken, not Chinese. Like, orange chicken, not Chinese. Uh, You know, there's all sorts of things that are, like, I'm used to and I think of Chinese that aren't actually Chinese. So, I lived in China for, like, two years. Had this whole, like, big existential crisis when I was, like, a kid. I'm like, where's the, yeah, like, where's the fortune cookies? Where's the egg rolls? And they're like, yeah, we don't, egg rolls aren't a thing here. Uh, yeah, fortune cookies are not a thing. That's an American thing. So th- I'm always suspicious when I have like, oh, my favorite Italian food is tiramisu. I'm like, oh, what if that's not actually Italian? <sighs> okay, I thought. Okay, I get the I get the fortune cookies, but the egg rolls, really? No, nope. yeah, not Chinese. Now I gotta search up. Tiramisu. I think they'll wrap stuff in rice in kind of like um, kind of those like translucent rice paper things. So they'll do like a version of almost spring rolls. Um. Origin of tiramisu is Italy. Okay, thank goodness. We're okay. All right. Well, I do love tiramisu. I think it's it's probably one of my favorite desserts. Yeah, that's that's my girlfriend's favorite dessert. Why don't you like tiramisu? Can we talk about that for a second? Why don't you like tiramisu? Um, I'm a big texture guy, and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of textures going on in that that I'm not a fan of. Is it the dusty texture, the creamy? What what's going on? All of it. It just make it one. Mm. That's it. That's just do one thing. (laughs) That's Wait, it. so are you like a, are you a cake guy? Do you like cake? No, no, not at oh, all. Okay, because that's all, the reason I don't like cake is because it's just all one thing. It's like all just one texture, and I get bored. I'm not a okay. I growing up in kindergarten when you did finger painting, like I almost failed because I would not finger paint. I don't like the mess. I'm not a big <sighs> mess dude, specifically on my hands. Not that I eat cake with my hands, but. If you give me a sandwich and it's like really, really toasted where the bread's really, really crunchy and then there's breadcrumbs everywhere, mm. I'm not about it. Wow. So all of yeah. this crunch yeah. texture, not a fan. Man, hold on. So are you doing cold bread sandwiches? No, they can be warm. I don't want it toasted. Hold on. But what about the inside of like, okay, so for example, a hamburger bun. Let's say the inside of the hamburger bun is toasted. So on the outside, it's still soft. When you bite around it, you get soft bread. But there is that little bit of crisp that protects it from getting too soggy. Are you down for that? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Okay. That's fine. Thank goodness. But I I don't want that on a sesame seed bun. Oh. You don't like the sesame sesame seed bun? It it just falls everywhere. Yeah. What's the point of this? It's it's a waste of food. That's, That's my thought. Dude. 
I there's nothing wrong poem. with you for feeling that way. I made a poem about toast, about how much I hate toast yeah. and how much I like yeah. warm bread. Wow. And people understood it, and that blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with you for feeling that way, my guy. <clears throat> yeah. There's a there's a little bit of neurodivergence in there, probably some of your ADD texture thing, or it's uh, you not being feeling comfortable with control. But I'm not your therapist, so we won't go there. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure the list goes on. <sighs> Sorry. Yeah. No. 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 Um, no you, back you, to tiramisu. So here's the thing about tiramisu. Tiramisu. Mm-hmm. I. A lot of people don't like it because of that brandy element where you kind of get that bitter liqueur thing in there. Oh, I love that. I think it balances out the sweetness. And I, I'm a big, big fan. The thing that I don't like about tiramisu is if it's too dry, it's too cakey, yeah. needs to be filled with cream, needs to be like a soft, creamy experience. Okay. I just wanted to get that out. I can't even choose sides because I'm just like, I'm not even on a side. I'm not even <laughs> watching the game. You don't even like desserts. No. Yeah, like cannolis. Fair if enough. we're going Italian cannolis, I I don't like them. Neither do I. Pure crunch, then pure cream, and I'm like, I don't know where I am. I never know how to eat it. I never oh, know how mess. to eat it's it. It's a mess. It always gets everywhere. Yeah. You okay, pick- you were you're bringing up you were bringing up brisket. I wanted to come back to that. Yeah. Because uh, I are interested. you cooking a brisket? I've been interested. Now I'm not gonna go out and buy a Traeger. I like to do things where I test it at once. I'll buy a bad cut of meat. Like I'm not going to spend a lot of money and then just see if it's something that I, I want to get good at. Mm -hmm. So where are you at in the process? Do you have a smoker like, like a hundred dollar thing or something? No. Where are you thinking you're going to start? Don't know. Haven't got there yet. Fair enough. enough. (laughs) Haven't got there yet. I went deep down that rabbit hole. That's the hardest cut. So like you're kind of starting with, the like the big bad boss like in video games how you kind of like progress like through harder and harder bosses like in mario or whatever you're starting with the hard one so brisket i i like went down i'm not going to go on a big tangent about brisket because not everyone knows about brisket <laughs> but uh i knew a guy who owned a barbecue shop great barbecue and he always had the most tender delicious juicy brisket and if you know anything about brisket the hard part is there's this part of the muscle called the flat and it's really easy to make super dry and it's disgusting if it's super dry. It's just not even worth eating. So the trick is to cook the meat in a way where it retains its kind of juicy, delicious texture. So the I went to this barbecue guy and I was like, I need your help. I need you to teach me how to cook this brisket. I promise I won't start a competing barbecue restaurant. I don't have any desire to commercially do anything with this. I just want to cook my family a brisket like a man. And he's like... I respect that. Come on back. And he took me into the back of the kitchen and then for like an hour walked me through how to make briskets. And then I helped him prep briskets uh, for the next day's like lunch order or whatever and showed me how to wrap them, showed me like, you know, the different ways to test them and temperature and like where to place them within the smoke. So like I got the luxury, like top tier training yeah. uh, from a guy who did all these competition briskets. And then from that point, I, I cook a pretty great brisket. Meanwhile, your wife is at home already having like 12 other mediocre briskets and then you're going to make this amazing one. And she's like, I don't think I'm really feeling it. <laughs> I know I'd cooked too many and especially with smoked meat, like people get really into like smokers, yeah. but it's such an intense flavor that people get sick of it pretty quick. Which is, I, I feel like is valid. I don't, I don't, I'm not a yeah, huge smoky guy, but occasionally. Yeah. 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 No, I'm with you. 
I got really obsessed with making steaks. See, I I never really liked steak growing up because my mom's Mm -hmm. a nurse and she always taught me to chew my food. And Mm. like some days we didn't have the best cut, right? Mm. Because we were, I don't know, we just like some, we weren't going to go and spend 30 bucks on like one little steak. So we went to Costco and you get what you can. And so I found myself just chewing and chewing and chewing and chewing. But like everyone else had no other problem. So I, I found I was tired before I could even finish my meal. Yeah. And then last year, I believe it was, I went to Whole Foods and I saw a steak and I was like, that looks pretty good. Like that looks like the thing that I see on TikTok that everyone's like, oh my God, that's going to be an amazing, amazing cut. And then I tried it and I was like, okay, I get it. This is really yeah. good. Yeah. But yeah. It, yeah. it also tasted really good because I think I put the time and the, the effort into it to, to understand yeah. how to make it. Maybe that's what made it taste even better. But they're not good my for language. You. They're really bad for you. There's so much butter. Mm. I reject that. Protein's great. Protein's always good for you. The red meat uh, agenda, trying to get that to be unhealthy, is a scam made by the vegans. 100%. I'm strictly talking about the butter. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. No hate, no hate to any vegans. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hear you. I also had a very similar experience eating chewy steak and then having a tender one for the first time, and it was a delight. Yeah. Yes, the butter and fat cannot be um, consumed all the time or you're going to have some problems, but man, it's a great treat. It's super good. Yeah, it is good. And I, I, I think for me, as long as I stay with if this is going to make me feel good, then I'm going to be okay eating whatever I want to eat mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that feeling is going to be even greater than the way that I look in a mirror. Mm. Only on my side. That's my opinion. Personal. Hey, but fair enough, man. Well, have you messed around with a device called the sous vide? My friend has one. And he brought it camping once. That's commitment. He he had a oh he had the whole gear. He even had um, like a, a torch. Like uh-huh. a, I guess camping for a campfire, but no, no, no. He's like he was torching and charring stuff. Like he had this whole Good. setup, and then he had he pulls out the sous vide thing, and I'm like, hold on, what are you doing? He pulls out like a battery thing, he connects it to his Tesla, and he's going. <laughs> And then he like, it makes it better that it's a Tesla. Oh my gosh. And then he just passes it around. And I I couldn't even tell you what I ate because I didn't even know it was in the bag. But so good. So for those who don't know, a sous vide is a water bath. And here's what that means. You put whatever you want to cook. And it's not just meat. It could be vegetables. It could be um, uh, potatoes. It can be whatever. So you put it in a bag and then you vacuum seal it. So there's no air in this bag. And then you put that bag in a water bath that's selected at a specific temperature. So let's say, for example, like at 130 degrees Fahrenheit. What would that be in whatever you guys do in Canada? Kilometers? What, what would that be in kilometers? How am I supposed to know this? There's I'm just no. joking. I know it's Celsius. I know it's Celsius. I'm just joking. Um, so <laughs> uh, you, you put it so at a specific temp. Here's what's great about it. It's not boiling food. Boiling is when the food is in contact with the water and it gets like a weird spongy texture sometimes, right? So you're not boiling it. You're essentially just bringing it up to temp. And then what you do for a steak, for example, is you'll bring it up to whatever temp you want it to be. So if it's medium rare, if it's well done, whatever whatever temp you want it to be at. But it can't cook past that. 
So what you have in a steak is a perfect edge-to-edge -edge medium rare. If you were to cook a steak on a grill, it's touching the pan, right? So it's going to be a gradient. That means it's going to be medium rare in the middle, but on the outside of the steak, it's kind of well done. But in a sous vide, the entire thing is perfect, like right at the center of the steak, medium rare, exactly how you want it. And there's no way to mess it up because it can't overcook because the water is only set at a specific temp. It's genius. So what your friend did, what well, I'm assuming, he cooked whatever he cooked in that sous vide, took it out, charred it because he wants some texture. Like the sous vide yeah. will come out like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's it, it, there's no heat making a char on it. So you got to kind of create that texture. So he probably blowtorches it, which is what I do. I got this big blowtorch and would like totally like, you know, expose my steaks to hellfire, like in my backyard and all my friends would be like, whoa. And I'm like, I don't know, yeah. probably risking setting the grass on fire or something. <laughs> it was, it was pretty like cool and, and manly felt great. Um, and it's just a delight. It's just delicious. Everybody. And it's pretty easy. And the cool part is clean up. It's like you just throw away a bag. You don't have to wash a pan. This sounds like an ad. Again. I, I wish suit. I wish sous vide would sponsor me. I, some random sous vide company. So how do you think somebody came sponsored. up with that? Do you think they were just like, ah, I want to cook everything really fast? They threw it in with in boiling water, and they were like, let's just throw it in a Ziploc bag. Like, how do you start? You know, uh, don't it was you? a fine dining thing. I do. I'm sorry. It was a fine dining thing. <laughs> It was in fine dining because, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're like a really famous steakhouse, you want to cook a steak perfectly every time. You could put 30 steaks in just a water bath, cook them all to the perfect temp. And then when someone orders it, you just take it out of the bag, you know, sear it on each side and then send it out. And everyone's mm -hmm. stoked. Super easy, super. And then it was like a big fad in like the early 2000s. And then everyone's like, stop cooking your food in watery bags. And then it became like uncool. And then people got away from it. But not me. I'm over here <laughs> cooking in a watery bag. And uh, there's this channel on YouTube called uh, Sous Vide Everything um, by this guy named Guga. And it's just him trying to sous vide literally everything. And I was obsessed for like a year. I watched that channel nonstop. So now Got can you put it. spices and like, I guess, like say like butter and garlic in with your steak in the bag? Yes. And it's like marinating all together. Yeah. 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 See, this is this is this is when I see somebody like, even if it's a daily vlog and I'm watching on YouTube and I'm watching them cook, I'm like, I can do this. I can make this like in my <laughs> maybe not better, but like in my own way. Dude, what are you cooking? I've been talking about everything I'm cooking. What are you cooking? What am I cooking? I, you know what I do? I go to what? any bookstore and I flip through a bunch of pages and like I don't buy the book. No. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't support my own industry. <laughs> I take You're a one picture. of those. I'm one of those. I just take a picture. But I, I, to be fair, I flip to a random page. Yeah. I take a picture and I come home and I cook it. And I made this, I made a Thai soup the other day. Mm. And it has coconut milk in it and stuff. And, and it was really good. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I'm really into Thai stuff. I don't know names of everything. And I forget recipes yeah. a lot because the way the way that I cook is, I get a recipe, I make it once, I, then the next time I'll know enough of how to make it that I can put my own spin on it, and then I just go with however I'm feeling. Yeah, I love that. That's how I like to do it too, and I never yeah. remember. Never remember. Thai soup is great around the fall too. When we're recording this, this is it's it's like fall. It's November. Oh, I got through my so. soup season. Oh, it was so good. I did like a nice potato and leek classic soup. Ah. 
nice. Yeah. Mm. See, this is why I like cooking. It just makes you feel yeah. warm. Absolutely. Especially in the fall. I got really into stew. I just made a stew, my first stew for the first time. And wow. I followed this recipe and it called for two cups of red wine. Good. Really? Would you do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I did one because I was like, I don't know if I want to get drunk eating stew. <laughs> <laughs> it cooks out, dude. Yeah, yeah. You put it in there. It and does cook out, it but it's it's not like it's not like other things when you add wine where it's directly yeah. hitting the pan. It's like autumn, like it's right away. It's hitting heat. This it's going in with like the, the beef broth or whatever you're using. It's going in with water and it's cooking out that way so i feel like it's yeah. not cooking out as fast mm. so i only did one cup and then i put it i kept put it i put it in the oven which i thought was interesting yep that's that's what i do too yeah so good. how'd you like it i loved it i loved yeah. it I, it was quite it was quite rich so mm. i'm almost glad maybe i just used a really rich wine or a rich something but i really liked it yeah what are, your, what are your kids' favorite meals that you make? I guess I guess only one would have a favorite meal at the age? No, they both have favorite meals. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my, my son's a year and a half, and then my daughter is two and a half. Yeah. Their favorite meal that I make is a protein smoothie. <laughs> That's honestly, <laughs> the, the, dishes, the dishes I'm about to list off are, are pretty high caliber. You're going to love it. Okay. Uh, I don't know how we got in the habit of it, but... Oh, I think it was just like they, I, I got really into just taking protein on, on a regular basis, kind of doing more fitness stuff. Yeah. And they were just like, oh, I want some. And I'm like, can you give a kid protein powder? Is that like bad for them or their gut? Like, I don't know. And, you know, we looked it up and if you felt comfortable with it, <laughs> I don't know if there's like any like pediatricians out there, let me know if it does it wrong. But, um, we like, of course, a way smaller amount, like, and they, uh, yeah, they just like drink it like it was chocolate milk. It's just, I mean, it kind of tastes like chocolate milk. What and so then we kind of, well, we try to fit in a bunch of healthy stuff. Like, yeah. so we'll throw in like spinach. Um, and my wife likes to throw in a beet. And I'm like, gross. Like, that's weird. But then my daughter loves it. She's like, where's the beet? <laughs> and she'll like yell that out. She's like, we need a beet, dad. And I'm like, like, babe, it's, it's going to taste better without this, without this beet, this earthy beet. And yeah. then she's just obsessed with the beet. She just wants the beet. What kind and of protein powder is going in? Uh, okay, so I like the thorn protein powder. Um, they have a they have a style. There's a bone broth protein powder. I forget the brand that I've been experimenting with. It has a black label. That's that's been pretty good. Bone um, broth. Yeah, Whoa. so it's like protein made from like kind of I think bone marrow or something that like that. It's so expensive. I mean, it might be, it might be, yeah, it it's like, uh, it probably, so it probably is like the bougiest. Um, there's a, there's a pea protein. I think it's called truly, okay. truly pea protein. That's great. That's the best tasting one by far. I think I could look it up. Um, I'll put it in the show notes, links to links, uh, uh affiliate links to all my proteins sponsored. Here's no, where I get my beats. <laughs> yeah. Where did I get my beats? Um, that's great. Do you use protein powder? Um, I'm not a huge fan of protein powder. I find it, it usually doesn't, I don't know. I feel like it doesn't really agree with my body. Not in the sense like I, I need to run to a bathroom, but it's more like I feel heavy. Kind of your after, yeah. 
So I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm I'm experimenting with uh, essential amino acids right now, which mm. have which have everything that forms protein. Um, but it can be like in a fruit punch flavor because I rather drink water than a milkshake, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. That like, what sense. flavor what of protein a, is going into me- beet? Oh, chocolate. Yeah, you just do chocolate. Chocolate. Yeah, dude. Well, you don't really taste the beet. You don't taste the beet. The spinach. Yeah, like, we're true. just kind of fitting that in because wouldn't then be healthy. But um, okay. Yeah, what's and, in, then, what's and the next then Paige meal? will put in like like hemp seeds and stuff like that. Try to get some fiber. So. Yeah, those are good. Yeah. Uh, she yeah. So every day, like when we first wake up, she's like, "Daddy smoothie," and then she wants to sit on the counter, um, you know, and watch me make it. She'll help me scoop the protein powder. It's super cute. Um, oh. And then I'll have my protein shake. She'll have a bit of the protein shake, and it'll be dandy and then my son just recently started doing that too both my kids are like super huge kids they're like in the 99th percentile like they're just large like yeah my my daughter looks like she's four but she's two um yeah we just we just i guess Paige and i made some large children genetically whatever i think it's probably protein powder it's the protein powder it's a bone it's probably the protein (laughs) we've been going hard on protein since day one so yeah she's jacked um She's uh yeah, she loves it. My son loves it. So we do that. Another big fave for my son is peanut butter toast. Mm. Classic. He's big on it. Yeah. And my wife buys the most disgusting toast. She loves Ezekiel 49 bread, which if you don't know, is this really niche Bible bread that like there's there's a recipe for bread in the Bible and it's the worst bread. I don't know why God put that recipe in there. You'd think he put something good, but he didn't. He put this bread. And it's just full of seeds and really I don't know. It's it's bitter. It's it's not fluffy. It's dry. hard. It's like yeah, yeah. It's just it's just a rough situation. And uh so my wife thinks it's super healthy. I mean it is. It's super healthy. Uh my mom loves it. Um she lives with us and so they're both big on this bread. So they'll make peanut butter toast with this just, you know, like godforsaken bread. And uh, my son just eats it up. He loves it. A little bit of peanut butter on there on this like lump of bread. Cool. And then he just loves it. I can't, I don't even understand it. I wouldn't get within, you know. Yeah. Well, I would say, I was I was about to say wouldn't get within 10 feet of it, but I do because I make it for my son. But yeah, I wouldn't eat it. But there's that. That's a classic. Yeah. Make it warm bread what are your, and, like, and I'm in. What are your like, yeah, favorite things to eat that aren't culinary and fancy? Like, what are your just staple like, grew up home cooking just feels good? Probably the worst thing that I eat is kimchi soups, like instant noodle. Ah, oh. why prob- is that the worst thing you eat? Just like it's probably the most unhealthy thing that I that I eat. I don't really eat. That well, much isn't fast isn't kimchi food. great for you? Like your microbiome and like the... We're talking instant noodle version. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Fair enough. So I don't know if it has all of that in it, but I don't know. I just like, I I was a kid that grew up always going to like sports. I was always like, I just needed a quick meal. There was like stuff like that. There was like KD. Now instead like of KD, we buy like Annie's, which is just, I don't know. It's probably not any better, but they're marketing it to be better. So things like that where it was kind of just like every ingredient was in the same package whatever got me enough fuel to get out the door and quickly yeah so i always Mm. go back to that and then like my mom's cooking she just she's a classic mom like she just randomly drops off things Mm. and i just put in the freezer 
And then when the time comes, it's amazing. Like I, I think I have four lasagnas. I have a shepherd's Whoa. pie. Mm. Yeah, and I got banana bread, pumpkin loaf. All in the freezer. Delightful. That's just great. Yeah, what's your one? That's, what's that's your just one so good meal? to have a lasagna from mom. Like yeah. that's just so good to have a lasagna from mom in the fridge. Yeah, what's your one mm. meal that you reckon, like remember growing up? Well, okay, so I was gonna say growing up my mom would make this breakfast it sounds so weird and i don't know anyone else who's had it but it, it's great it's peanut butter and applesauce on toast with something called red hots now red hots are just in it's, it's what it sounds like it's this candy it's like this red think of like the tamales big red there? gum huh like a yeah kind of like that yeah. yeah like like a red tamale or like but they're tiny they're like little beads like they're not big candies but you sprinkle that over hot applesauce, not cold, hot applesauce on top of peanut butter on top of toast. And it's pretty strange, but we grew up eating that like every day. And it was it's super nostalgic and kind of sweet and mm. makes me feel warm inside. And I was kind of grossed out by it once I was an adult and kind of realized what was going on. But then I think about it like we would dip apples in peanut butter, you know, like those flavors do go together. Yeah. And toast i mean toast doesn't make things worse but the red hots that's the big wild card like what's going on there yeah that's and, the curveball. Uh, yeah that's the curveball I'm, I'm not sure where that came from i think my grandpa liked putting the red hots on there does that a kick that's for sure well i feel like it adds warmth sure well i mean it's spicy though it's like yeah but that's that, what's weird that's, about that's it. warmth that, that gets you warm yeah, it gets a stuck bit. in your teeth oh. stuck in your teeth and kind of hurts <laughs> sounds lovely <laughs> Yeah, on that note. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we're like 45 minutes in. Yeah. And we talked about food. The whole time. It was great. We could, I could have gone another hour. For sure. I could have, we should, if we ever do this live, we should eat. Uh-huh. And. Oh, I hate listening to people eat. Can you imagine? Listen I'm not to a big podcast. ASMR ever, guy. That's like, yeah, they're right up to the mic eating. I'm not ugh. like that. I have I a friend and he stopped. He eats with his mouth open, but like he goes to the next level and he smacks. I can't do it. My wife, my wife had a confrontational conversation with me when we first got married. She's like, you scrape the food off your fork with your teeth. So when you take a bite, you pull the food off with your teeth and you, I hear that grinding sound of your teeth against the fork. And she's like, this is not okay. This has to stop. And, and I, this has to I stop had to learn and grow. Yeah, something like that. She did quite threaten the whole relationship, but she oh, you're was eating with your hands. <laughs> We're eating hands only food, and then that's why you got really into making cheeseburgers. Yeah. Well, hold on before we before we end it. Uh, let's let's give a little sales pitch. Why should people care about cooking and spending more time cooking? That would be funny. Why would you want to convince people to do that? I think it's a great way to have more time with yourself and your own thoughts. I think I, I do a lot of thinking while cooking and I guess while I'm cooking, I'm also not thinking about anybody else, even though I'm, I'm cooking for other people, but I'm not having this battle in my mind of like how they're going to think about it. I'm not, I'm not just like a pinball machine in my brain. I'm just thinking, mm. okay, I'm cooking this. I'm really enjoying this. Cooking is something you have to pay attention to. It's taking all of your attention. You're not able to think about a thousand different things. Or your food's gonna suck. 
it'll suck. I don't know mm. how cooks do it and chefs do it. They're like bouncing a lot of things, but it's usually all related to food. But for me, it's that's it. That's what I'm focusing on. And that's mm. that. Going back to like the acts of service. What about you? Yeah. I'd say there's just, there's so few things that humans have always done since the beginning of time. Mm. Yeah. And I think like family and cooking and sleeping like there's just some of these such human things that when you get them dialed in your whole being feels better and i think there's probably a connection there of the longer humans have been up to it the more important it is to dial it in and if you just want to optimize how you're feeling in your mood and who you are as a person i think cooking's an okay place to start it's weird it's like oh go to therapy and i'm like yeah sure i mean sure but go to therapy so that you can enjoy cooking more. Go to cooking class and just bring your therapist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll do I'll do therapy cooking classes where we talk about our trauma and make uh, what was that pasta that you started with? Uh, like Scarlet's pasta. Lemon- Scarlet's pasta. I think it's wow. like the Italian way of just saying olive oil, which I don't want to say it on a podcast because I'm going to butcher it. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm trying to learn Italian right now. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.